Hi there, it's Emily Taylor and welcome to Don't Look Down. It's the podcast that tackles mental health and well-being. Now I'm going to be talking to various people about their mental health and depression and whatever has happened to them in their life that's taken them down a dark path, a path they didn't want to go down. But more importantly here, how they've also come out the other side and seen the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, I've just listened back to the podcast that I'm about to play you guys and it's Cotswold's family man, Chris Bishop. He is now a successful director of a business coaching for expert success for entrepreneurs. Um, But Chris is going to be sort of telling us and sharing with us that things wasn't always that way and how his way impacted his early years and how Chris got to the point where he had to make a big life change, both physically and mentally. Chris, at the age of 19, escaped as a holiday rep in Spain and will sort of tell us stories of what happened and how he wound up back in in the UK. And the big point here of no matter how much money you have in the bank, it means nothing without your health. So I'm sure Chris's story will inspire many people and I'm really looking forward to sort of hearing everyone's feedback on this one. So please enjoy. Brilliant. How long has it been since we last seen each other? Oh, it's got to be 18 months, hasn't it? Yeah. It's got to be, be longer than that, Possibly though. 18 months, two years. I've been here at where I work for three years. And you've aged considerably better than that, <laughs> to be honest. You get. <laughs> you look radiant. Um, I'm just hot. It is hot in this room. Um, but we can't have the window open because of the sound. So, um, yes, welcome to the Don't Let Down podcast. I'm Emily Taylor and you are Chris Bishop. I am. AKA Bish. So I will be calling you Bish throughout. You call me whatever you because want. Because no that's problem. what I've always called you. So um, I think today I'd like to talk about your journey with um, growing up and struggling with a weight issue. Yeah. Sometimes mental health issues that's led from that. But more importantly, your journey on where you are today and how you've got there definitely and motivation mindset because you're brilliant at it and well-being thank you very much that's very kind to say you know it takes a lot of practice and a lot of hard work you know to work on mindset um you know it's just like going to the gym the more reps you do the easier it becomes yes you know and mine you know we'll get into this i'm sure into the podcast but definitely i wasn't the type of person who thought mindset was for me mm. it was all woo-woo scarves crystals praying to some obscene gods and hugging <laughs> a few trees, right? But it's completely not. No. It's true, isn't it? It's amazing how you can have one mindset and think you can never get from A to B and then all of a sudden you eyes are open, your mind's open to new things and seeing things in a different way. So, yes, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, I'd like to ask you to start, which I've done with a lot of my guests. Some I've asked halfway through and some I've asked at the beginning, but... What three things are you most grateful for in right. life? But most three things I'm grateful for. Number one, my two kids and my family. But I was going to say, not the obvious. But not the obvious? Yes. Right, okay. Because everyone will say the same thing. Right. So I thought it could be something still relating to them, but not directly them. So things, oh, we're, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for my daughter and my family, but it's obvious. So I thought maybe thinking outside the box, something else that you're just so grateful for in life. Yeah, I'm grateful for opportunity mm. and the opportunity that life presents because not everything's always going to go to plan. We've always got an opportunity. You throw back the curtains, like today, you open the curtains, it's raining. Who cares? You haven't seen this day before. It's an opportunity to make that a great day. 
Brilliant. So I'd say that's my first thing I'm grateful for is opportunity. The second one I'm grateful for is air. So I can breathe. If I can breathe, I can do things. Mm. And the third thing I'm grateful for is absolutely all the rubbish that's happened in my past. Because without that, I wouldn't be on the journey I'm on now mm. and where I'm at currently in life. So without that, it's your story, it's your tapestry. Of course it is. And if everything's handed to you and you live the perfect life, how can you ever be grateful what for anything? What is the perfect life, anyway? Exactly. What is the perfect life? You know, some people maybe pretend... You can look, look at celebrities, footballers, rock stars, musicians. Mm. They've got it all. The world at their feet. Millions in the bank. Commit suicide. Yeah, it doesn't always make you happy. Depression. Mm. The Priory Clinic. Look how much they've made over the years. Yeah. Right? And that's from people who have supposedly successful in life. And it all depends on how you define in class success. Exactly. I think, you know, most people, I wanted to be famous when I was younger and now I'm like, actually, You are famous. <laughs> this, this, this podcast is next level, Tales. Yeah, famous in a, in a good way. But yeah, like I watched uh, The Bodyguard was on, I think it was last night. And I just looked at Whitney Houston and thought, oh, it's just, you know, exactly what you've just said. Exactly. It's a crying shame, but look at what fame does to you. And if you've got then that... Then you put in that goldfish bowl, aren't you? But then everyone's always in their own goldfish bowl. Mm. Whether that's the, the, the press, the media hounding you, whether it's pressures at work hounding you, mm. whether that's people who maybe a negative influence on your life hounding you, you're always in some kind of goldfish bowl. Yes. And it's okay to be a big fish in a goldfish bowl. Okay, with a little fish in there. But what you need to do is fill the bowl with the fish you want. Yes. That's what you want. I like that. Brilliant. This is why you're just perfect for this podcast because I just love your <laughs> theories and the way you describe things. It's just to a T and in, in a way that no one else puts it as well. well I am quite unique. You are. <laughs> and I've got the you. face for podcast as well because no one can see me. <laughs> face for radio. <laughs> My friends all laugh at that. Um, so, how are you? I'm good. really happy. I'm party. really, really good. I'm really, really good. Uh, you know, everything's going swimmingly. Life's going really well at the moment. Uh, you know, I say at the moment because you never know what's around the corner, do you? This is it. You never know. But at the moment, grateful. Work's going well. We're running three businesses at the moment. So helping coaches and trainers, sole consultants, public speakers, accelerating their business. And Fantastic. three businesses on the go at the moment. It's nice and busy. I've got my two children, which... I'll come to work to have a break, to be honest. Yes. Give me, give me businesses to run. Yes. I have a looking after, looking after the children. Don't get me wrong, I love my children to I bits. I completely agree, it's but, hard work. But my fiancé, Sally, she's got the short end of the stick, to be fair. Yeah. She's amazing, amazing. But yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah, I'm, I'm really, really well. I'm really well, I'm buzzing to be on this podcast. And you look amazing as oh, well. thank you very you much. It's the, the beard. Happiness. It's the beard, it that's is, what it is. It is, but you've got the sparkle in your eye. You, you know you have, you definitely that's have. That's the Stella Artois. No, I, I don't drink, I don't drink, I don't drink. <laughs> Bit. Edit that one out. <laughs> That's fine. It's good to have a bit of humour. So let's start at the beginning with your story and your yep. journey from when you was younger. Um, and I'm just going to start this, you know, shoot from the hip. You told me before, um, when I asked you to come on this podcast, I was like, you know, just write me a little bit about you and, you, you know, where you came from, you know, how it was, what it was like growing up. Um, and you basically just said, I was known as the fat kid. Yeah. And that's been a big burden for you. Yeah. And yes, it, it's a big weight that you've carried. Mm -hmm. um, and has, has weight always been an issue for you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I've always had struggles and issues with my weight. As you said, I've always been known as the fat kid. Mm. You know, so I was always you know, picked to play lasting goal when you're playing football over, yeah. over the park. Uh, you know, and but, you know, I sort of accepted that at the time because mm. you're at a young age. Uh, and you know, in, I'm talking about primary school years here. Okay. All right. So you know, and then moving to second school, we'll get onto that in a moment. But yeah. um, you know, from from a young age, I was always I was always active, but always the fat kid. Mm. I was always the one that had to wear. I don't know. That if we went out anywhere, I had to have like the next size T-shirt if we're going out with my friends mm. or if we're going to Drayton Manor or if you're going on an aeroplane or something like that. Like a young age, you can get the tray down at like 12 years old. Mm. And but because all my family are big, I'm not saying that's an excuse. I accepted it. Yeah. It's easier to because you don't, you're not it. alone with your family. And like, I played yeah. up to it. Okay. And I, and I played up to it. Like, for instance, if you went to like say McDonald's, other fast food restaurants are available. But if you went to McDonald's, I wouldn't have a happy meal, I'd have an adult's meal with an extra cheeseburger. Mm. Because that's what I wanted. I wouldn't touch vegetables, I wouldn't touch fruit. Because mm. I didn't want it. So, always being on the larger side than 
than your friends, you just felt that, yeah, I can get away with this. Almost. That was my role. That was my role in society. Right. You know, when you're the fat kid, you can either be a comedian or a goalkeeper. Luckily, I was all right at both. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's a happy go lucky, a happy go lucky charm all through my life, and I still use it today, which is great. Mm. So I wouldn't say it was a hard time in my life looking back on it, but mm. it was certainly shaped how the rest of my life started to progress from those early years upwards. Mm. Um, so you said like you know you was always last to pick on gold um, and and those things. So how how did that then start to evolve where it did bother you? Puberty. Yeah. You're going to the teenage years, like you're going into secondary school, mm. and when you're in primary school, it's just you play a bit of football at lunchtime, and yeah. no one really cares. You're talking well, yeah. back in the day, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, right? You get to secondary school, body image becomes an issue. Yes. It becomes a big issue. So you're getting past for the sports day. You have to start doing cross-country runs. Yep. Uh, I used to just hang about at the back and have a cigarette. But the teachers accepted that, and we used to get picked up in the minibus uh, and driven back to the school. How do you feel about that now? Do you feel like they, they shouldn't have done that? I feel they could be more supportive, yeah. but it was a time I grew up in. I think it wouldn't happen this day and no. age, and there's so many things. The world's an ever-changing place, and that's why it's such a fantastic planet to live on. Agreed. Is the world is always changing, but but back then, I get it because if you look back, they've got certain quotas to hit. So if they've got kids who are quite athletic uh, and want to do GCSE PE mm. for their own results as a teacher, because obviously they're pushed by the government, they're going to focus their energy on the ones that actually want to be there, rather than me ripping around in a pair of shorts, a Marilyn Manson t-shirt, and <laughs> bright yellow Deodora trainers having a ciggy at the back on a cross-country run. Marilyn Manson t-shirt. Do you know what I mean? But I was always active, so I played in golf for the school, so I was, okay. I was quite decent. Um, uh, you know, I had a couple of trials at West Brom, got nowhere with that to be fair, okay. nowhere near fit enough, and obviously played rugby, which I still play rugby now. Um, so I was quite active at school, hmm. but I went to a really big school. Okay. Like, I'm talking, there's like 30 kids in the class. Mm. And there was like, we did in, in sets to set one, we the cleverest food to set 10. So I was in the higher sets, ones and twos. But it's 13 each class. So you think that's 300 kids a year mm. with six years. It was a huge school. Yeah. And you're just a statistic. You are, and that's, and that's a shame. And I, I don't know whether it... I think things have changed slightly, but I still think that a lot of schools are results-driven. Definitely. Which is a shame. And, it, and, and I think there, are, there is a lot more support in schools now and I think yeah. we're, we're so lucky in, in the education system that we've got but you know in your case that yeah I think being allowed to just have a cigarette in your Marilyn Manson t-shirt and being picked up by the minibus it's started to you know what that started to do is obviously hormones start to kick in, yeah. in the teenage years as well I started to get angry yeah I started to get angry not just I'm just angry at the world, I suppose. Mm. You know. You don't even know what you're angry no, at. You're just angry. I'm just angry. Mm. Uh, and I was quite an unruly teenager, um, to be honest. And it goes, when you're in big comprehensive schools, it's going to go one of two ways. You're going to get picked on or you're going to stand up for yourself. Yeah. And well, this was my question because right. so many people get bullied for weight and, and lots of things, but it's just such an easy target, isn't it? Yeah. And, 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 and you are going to, you're right, one way or the other. And... I've got to say, from what I know of you, if I was ever in a tricky situation, I'd want you on my side. Yeah, I went. I didn't get bullied at school. Good. Ever. You didn't allow it? Well, people said something, uh, but the problem with me in those years, uh, and it was a big concern for my parents, if they ever listen, I do apologise, I was too quick with my fists. Yeah. Too quick with my fists, so literally straight in there and ask questions later. So, again, that's a bit of anger. Definitely. Being angry at the world. Well, and also as well, if you're in such a, <clears throat> a school with a couple of thousand kids in there, I wanted to make a bit of a name for myself, I suppose. Yeah. You know, because you don't mess with, with Chris because this is what happens. Yeah, thing. definitely. It's, it's the way of two things going. And I wasn't actually looking back on it. I shouldn't have done that. Mm. But you're in that situation, you're 13, 14 but years if you old. hadn't have, then you could have been that easy You could have gone the other way, right? So it's, it's you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. And I was quite active, so I was playing rugby. I was going start doing a bit of boxing and, and gym work. Yeah, I was going to say, because if you're like angry that, so. and you're getting into a sport, a physical sport, like rugby and, you know, and, yeah. and boxing, that, that, can, that can be brilliant and do wonders yeah. for trying to control that anger. But then I just got annoyed at that because I was never going to be good enough to even have an, an amateur about it. It was just training I went to. But then yeah. that was too much difficult because the way I was So carrying, then it's frustration. And it's like, oh, I can't do that. And you've got these young little whippersnappers running rings around you. Mm. It's just like, oh, give that up as well. So there's a lot of trial and error. Yeah, and error. so there's a lot of battles from when you were younger yeah, when you started yeah. to get angry in and your uh, sort of uh, teens. Uh, and obviously when you know, they're starting to introduce wellness now into schools, which I think is absolutely fantastic mm. because 
you had no outlet. You just a statistic at school. It's embarrassment you can't really go to your parents because my parents are proper old school. I just be like, click around mm. the ear, what are you doing? Sort yourself out. Leave your own yeah, one. that was my next question. What was home like for home you? Home was perfect. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, we weren't affluent or anything like that, but such a happy childhood, never went for anything. Mm. Yeah, we had our struggles like every other family. Yeah. You, you know, it wasn't perfect, but home was home was great. My parents are still married to this day. Oh, wonderful. You know, what? what it's they, a rare thing nowadays, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think they're, what, 54 years in now? Oh. 54 years in. You Mr. Got, and Mrs. Bish. She should have got less than murder, bless her. <laughs> she's, 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 she's done well. She's done well. But so were they always there to support you? Do you think they recognised <clears throat> that you were getting angry and maybe no. you wasn't 100% happy? No, because I was pretty good at hiding it. Yeah. Because, you know, it probably doesn't happen with you. I don't know, I'm not down with the youth these days. Then. Mm. But, you know, you're coming from school, you're wolfy tea down, I go out with my mates. And yeah. We do some tomfoolery until nine, ten o'clock at night, come back and... Yeah, but it's not like that so much nowadays, no. is it? I loved going out. That was what I did. I was, exactly. I was out all the time. And it was like, you know, I used to feel I could walk past like Firkins. You remember Firkins, the cake shop? Yes. Or Greg's, or Greg's, right? Yes. I'd look in the window and felt like I could put £5 on. Mm. And you got mates there who were just eating food and, you know. So there's, again, there's that battle in, in your teens already developing, like, you know, yeah, I want that cake, but if I do have that cake. Oh, no, I had to. <laughs> oh, I'm going to that want... cake. Don't, don't get me wrong, mate. I want that cake. I want that cake. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, be more for tea down. You're out with your mates and whatever. I get a bag of chips as well. Mm. Yeah, you've already had your tea, but you still know it's just the social, the social element yeah, of it all. It is. You yeah, know. it always hung around. As I say, home life was great. You know, home life was really, really good. Uh, some people probably make on this podcast how broken homes and stuff. I feel yeah. for those type of people. Yeah, really but that's not your case. Not my case. Good. It was all internal battles. Good. Okay, so leaving school, yeah. did you know what you wanted to do? Yes, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I want to be Indiana Jones, really. I still do when I grow up. Indiana yeah. Jones days. I don't, I don't think it's good to ever really grow yeah, up in your so, mind, is it? Yeah, yeah, so I, I sort of, sort of had a, always been interested in travel. We've had quite a lot of family holidays and stuff. Mm. And I took a, went to college to uh, travel and tourism, I think it was. Yep. And I was about 17, 18, left doing that. Then I went to work at the Holiday Hypermarket, which was owned by First Choice. Okay. So I become a bit of a travel agent uh, and I wanted to get into that. Mm. But, you know, the problem then, you've got cash on the hip. Mm. I was living at home, you're paying pff, what, 100 quid a month to live at home or wherever it is, it's pens, home right? Rent, yeah. And then you suddenly, because of some of your other mates are still at college, uni and stuff, you're the one with a bit of cash, mm. you load it up. Yeah. You know, so I was starting going out like weekends, started Thursday nights and ended Sunday nights pretty much yeah. for me. So you like the just, Oh, definitely. From the age of? 17-ish. Yeah. Getting on it. You, know, you got to the point, um, and, you know, I was like getting ready to go to the pub and I'd drink a bottle of Jack Daniels having a shower. Seriously? Yeah, in pine glasses with Coke. Two litres of Coke, a bottle of Jack Daniels before I went to Weatherspoons to get on it. That's a lot. We then get on the pitchers. You go to the nightclub, where there used to be a place called... Pictures. Pictures. I've just got to say, I love the fact that you call it the pictures, because I still call it the pictures, whereas it's the cinema now, but yeah, Yeah, yeah. pictures. Uh, And then you go up there, and then, you you know, you get to a few wine bars. Uh, And we used to go to a place called Brunel's at the waterfront, uh, near where I used to live. And my my rule was, I used to sit at the bar and go through the shop menu before I go for a dance. That was my rule. Wow. And then we do that, and you go to the nightclub Eclipse, which you used to go Eclipse. to. I used to spend that much money there. They gave me a gold card, so I never had to pay to get in because they knew they'd certainly make the money out of me on the bar. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you know, you come out the come out the Indian uh, at the nightclub, go for an Indian. But I always used to buy an extra naan bread. Mm. Take it home, following morning, bacon, sausage, eggs, mushrooms on a naan bread, wrap it up, and have that to soak up the bill. Wow, and then start again. And then start again. <laughs> for the football, watch going watch football. So that become a bit of a routine. So and then you're. Like, yeah. You know, you're eating, and then obviously you're indulging in a lot of alcohol, oh, consuming an awful lot. Definitely. I don't think most people will be able to consume that amount. No, I think, uh, you know, that led to a rapid weight gain. It really, really did. Okay. Uh, you know, you got to a point where you had to one of those like Giacomo and other plus-size outlets online. And did you and not care? Did you just <laughs> get to put it just thought, this is who this I is, am? This is who I am. I've got a garlic up to it, you know, I'll be the one you go to... Uh, like we went on a lads holiday to Falaraki, drinking competition, straight away my mate's like, ah, bish. Mm. Straight up there, bang, won that, thought I was a king. Mm. We went on a lads holiday to Tenerife with uh, Nick, you also know Nick, right? Yeah. And we went on a lads holiday. And I played up because they wouldn't do me a Bacardi and Coke in a pint glass. And I made them take the v- flowers out of a vase and fill that up for me. Really? From behind the bar. So, but at the time, you're in your te- late teens. Yeah, you, you got don't cash care, on you got bravado. Who and... cares? I don't need me to live up to. So, yeah. 
and was the times afterwards the the sort of the big weekends you know in the week you'd sort of think oh you know I no. feel like shit or no no I've just... got the cans in the week as well <laughs> so you got to about the age of 19 uh, and I didn't drive at the time uh, and I finished work and I was waiting for the bus it was about November time I think it was it was tipping down the rain icy cold I was like I can't be more to life than this mm. so I did what any 19 year old did in that situation when they, you know, they got, you know, probably a bit of a drink problem without even realising it. Okay. Uh, you know, I did exactly what any sensible 19-year-old did. I buried my head in the sands and applied to be a holiday rep. <laughs> Escapism. <laughs> Escapism. So I thought, where, where did you go? Oh, I worked everywhere. I worked all over Spain. I spent three years in Menorca. France did a ski season. Oh, uh, wow. But, but, you know, but then looking back on it, it was such a waste. Because I did go on the slopes and stuff, but because of my size... It just the laws of gravity coming down the mountain, Emily. It's just mm-hmm. I could just go, but I couldn't stop, uh, and then okay. fall over, and it'd be so hard trying to get up on my snowboard and stuff. And you got these little French kids, like little ninjas, weaving in and out yeah. like that. Um, so you're always, always there, isn't it, in the back yeah, of your mind? Like, oh, so, oh, don't worry about it. I go apri ski. I'll meet you in the bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was a great time in my life, but one I, I could have took more advantage of. I feel looking back on it, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm, you've done it, and it's got you to where you are today. Exactly. Um, so. You drank a lot when you was a holiday rep. Yeah. You spent three years in Menorca. I did. I think the problems I had when before I went away just multiplied tenfold. When you was out there. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. I, I think, um, you know, just as I say, the weight game is massive as well, but actually looking back on it, I think drink played a big, big part. Dr- drink and, and look, I was never into drugs or anything like that. I weren't that rich. No. Right. <laughs> it was just a purely... It pump. was just, just, just getting on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and did you start to feel that this was affecting your health in any way when you was out there? No, not at all. So you're still young yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Still so young enough not to... To really start yeah, thinking, yeah. ooh. So you came back. What made you come back to the UK? And where was the sort of turning point where you began to sort of tackle a couple of issues? Yeah, so I worked for four years before coming back over to the UK. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I come back and I've always been pretty good at selling. So I thought, right, what can I do? So I got into recruitment. Okay. And I started my corporate career. And so for the next six years or so, I just climbed the corporate ladder. Mm. Still living hard, playing hard, yep. to be fair. But then I remember quite clear, probably what, six years ago now, I had a client meeting. I had to walk up two flights of stairs and it was in the February, I think it was. And I got to the top and I was completely breathless. I was really? sweating. My shirt was soaked. And it was just... I was thinking, I'm, I'm 30 years old, yeah. This sh- I shouldn't be out of breath. No. You know, walking upstairs. So that was your turning point? It was. I was like, something's got to give you. Something's got to And did to you give. ever sort of felt down about it? Had it started not to get to that, you? Not till that point. Not until that point. That, that was po- the that whole was point the where... Okay, that was the That was the catalyst. I was thinking, right, something has got to change you. Mm. Something has got to change. So that night I went home and weighed myself and nearly cried. And I really? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, but I'm actually really thankful for having that moment as well. Had you ever weighed yourself before then? No, I didn't, didn't care. No, did not care. Okay, so diets and fitness solutions. This is just sort of going on a, a different sort of um, angle, and we'll go back to how and your journey on how you started losing weight. But obviously, we've got gyms, diets being thrown down as advertised. Um, all around us but we see it and it's always that famous saying isn't it I'm going to start on Monday tomorrow or tomorrow tomorrow never comes exactly tomorrow never and comes and then you see an advert for McDonald's you've yep. seen one for Slimming World and then you see one for McDonald's and it's just so inviting isn't it and there's junk food around us everywhere um, the same with alcohol really of course you know yeah, yeah. Um, it's just so readily available and it's everywhere we turn on every street corner but we all know that going on a diet changing your lifestyle does make you feel better and start to yep. lose weight what advice could you give to people um, that need that radical and drastic change to lose weight um, or just simply lead a healthy lifestyle. How and what can you do to get there, to get that motivation? I think the first thing you need to do is find out your why. Why do you actually want to lose that weight? Mm. Because if you haven't actually got an end goal in sight, you can't reverse engineer that and start taking the small steps to, mm. to achieve that. If you're doing it just because, 
don't know, maybe you're, maybe you had a, a baby and you want to kind of lose the baby weight. Yep. What's the reason you want to lose that baby weight? Mm. You know, it doesn't matter if you carry extra weight as long as you're happy. But if you're doing it for a specific reason, mm. I, I didn't want to die. Yeah. I did not want to die an early death. Simple as that. And that was a great motivation. And you've got all these diets and stuff out there, but you've got to do what's right for you. Mm. I never followed a diet. All I, in my mind, it was, right, this is what I want to do. I want to do this. My first thing I did, gave up drink. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. The hardest one to give up was Coke. Right? But I was drinking litres of it a day. Litres and litres. And, and that was just, harder yeah. to give up than the beers. Really? Harder to give up the beers. It's amazing, actually, because there's a lot of caffeine in it and it is there addictive. Is. And it's just making subtle changes. I mean, if you, if you, you've got a car for instance, mm. and it says on the speedometer because 160. The manufacturers put limiters on there. When you start going 110, you start shaking. Yeah. You can't, you'll never get to 160. The brain is exactly the same thing. Of course. So what you want to do is just think, right, this is what I want to do. What can I give up? Uh, and then you just want to do it in five and 10%. Not everything at once. Not everything at once. Too much otherwise. Too much it? because your brain overloads, you start craving. Like for instance, if I want a cake, I'll have a cake. Mm. Because if you don't, your body's going to crave it and you'll have two cakes. Yeah. If I want a piece of chocolate, I'll have a piece of chocolate. If I don't, I'll have the entire bar. Do you think that's the same with low-calorie stuff? Like I low watched a programme where um, they did a test. Um, people were going into the pictures. and Before they were going in, there was like different varieties of sweets and stuff. And they were going, this is low-calorie. So people were subconsciously, without even realising, grabbing more. Yeah. Oh. So it was having the reverse effect. Yes, it's low calorie if you're still going to have the same quantity, but because they knew it was low calorie, they yeah. were having a lot more of it. Yeah. So it wasn't actually doing anything. Mindset. Mm. Mindset. And it's the way we've been programmed. Because yeah. you, you say you've got full fat, some of the full fat, right, because I know this is potentially bad for me, I'm not going to have so much. But these people are now saying, or marketing to me, that this is low calorie, so technically I can have two, three, mm. four, five, six. Mm. And I actually did a lot of research into nutrition and, like, Full fat butter is better than margarine. Yeah. Full fat coke is better than diet coke. I can't stand diet stuff. Because with diet coke, what they do is put artificial sweeteners in there, mm. which actually trick the liver into producing insulin to break mm. down the sugar, but there's no sugar for it to break down, which leads to diabetes. Yes. Full fat milk is actually better for you. It's everything in moderation, I think, isn't it? Exactly. Because a lot of people that go on these, these diets as well, um, they go on the diets, they lose the weight, and then they think, great, I've lost the weight, and they come off it. And then because they're eating normal things, they pile it back on quickly. Exactly. Whereas if you can really, really discipline yourself, and that's the, the hard thing, isn't it, is you're disciplining yourself to still eat the foods that you eat, but just cut it down. Not only that, you can also make choices. Like, for instance, when I, you know, so I go with a drink, so I'm going to the pub, so I'm going to a, a pint, mm. I'll bottle a bit, less than half a pint. Yeah. So straight away, you're cutting your intake by half. Of course. Straight away. Yeah. And the amount of calories in that. And it's just cutting it down, miss out around. That's what I started doing. I then became a designated driver. Brilliant. That's the way I did it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this is over the course of months. So people out there that listen to this, that are looking for magic pills uh, and diets, it doesn't exist. No. It's, you've got to find out your why. Why do you actually want to do this in the first place? Mm. And what's your goal and what's your motivation? Mm. And right, okay. Like for instance, I'd rather not have a beer or a KFC then die young on my children. Yeah, and that's a brilliant motivation. Simple as that. It is, it Simple really is. As that. So that was your main thing, and you quickly realised walking up those two flights of stairs, feeling the way that you thought, if I carry on the way that I am. Is it? Yeah. I couldn't even run a bath without getting out of breath, let alone run after my kids. Really? Right? That's not right, and that's not fair yeah. on the children. Either. And you know it as well, there's no point in keep on pretending no. that you know. And that's not fair on the children. No. Oh, you know, oh, your, your dad passed away when he was a young age. Why? Obesity. Mm. Oh, oh, but he had happy memories playing with dad. Well, well no, he couldn't move. Mm. So it's not just your life you're affecting. This is my motivation. Yeah. I say it's completely unique to me. And whatever is out there is completely unique to you. You just need to actually just have a, just have a look but and you stop lying started, to yourself as yeah, well. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. Because you do, your brain tricks yourself. You think you justify things and then you end up finding that you're... You're going around in a vicious circle and you are actually just lying to yourself. You're just lying to yourself. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the only person you're doing disjustice to is you and your loved ones. And it's not always about, you know, the weight side of things. You know, I watched a programme as well where there was a, a guy that was thin but had the, the worst diet. And, you know, they, they 
did his whole body mass index mm. and he was he his he was so unhealthy um in comparison with the guy that was a lot bigger than him actually yeah. so it, it is about that motivation so unhealthy on the inside right yeah so people you know i i still use this excuse today i'm big boned so i'm a big guy mm. You've never seen a fat skeleton, have you? <laughs> it's so true. Right? I love that. Right? I love that fish. It's so, so true. You know, it is in you to do it, and you know, you're going to have blips along the way. Yeah. But we're you, only human, aren't we? Exactly. Exactly. And you're that's, again, have don't blips. beat yourself up. No. As long as you can make a lifestyle change and set yourself a long term plan rather than try and look for a quick fix, you'll always win. Yeah. You'll always win, no matter what that is in life. Set your long term plan. It's not going to happen overnight. Be patient. Yeah. If you're looking for a quick win, you, you know, all these... You'll market, fail. Yeah, exactly. You know, slimming world, Weight Watchers, stuff like that are great. The yeah. diets are awful. But why it's great is the accountability. Mm. You know, you've got to go in every week and get weighed in front of a peer group. What actually happens then is that also creates other mental health issues because you know that week you've been gorging yourself, you'll miss a meeting. Yeah. Miss a meeting, you'll miss two. Miss two, you never go again. Yeah. Right? I've never, you know, been to Weight Watch or anything like that. No. Uh, but I used to check in every week uh, and send my weight to my friends. That's brilliant. Send my weight to my friends. And, and then you're going to get motivation and honesty with your the friends. The banter that come yeah. back, right? The banter bet, that come back. But that's the type of thing that motivates me. And everyone's unique, right? Uh, and that's what motivated me. I knew I can go down the, the local bingo or with Sandra get down to me pants in front of all the old ladies and go on the scales, <laughs> right? I need to be told, yeah. put my place by my mates, who I knew had my interests at heart. Yes. Uh, but also the massive rock was, was obviously my fiance Sally as well. Mm. You know, she's like, I love you for you, but if you want to do this, I'm 100% behind you. But you had started to make a radical change before Sal as well, hadn't you? You yeah, just yeah. continued it more. She just accelerated it and, yeah. you know, it's just... You just got to. You just got to a point in my life where I could no longer carry on like that because I wouldn't have a life. Yeah. So, do you mind sharing with us what you weighed at your heaviest and, and yeah, how much of you've lost? Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. So that night, I got on the scales. Yeah. You sat down, no tails. I am. Thirty-seven point six stone. Wow. Okay. Thirty-seven point six stone, and to date, I've lost seventeen stone nine pounds. Amazing. Still got a way to go. I'm still a big lad. You know, but the amount of... That's a lot, though, and congratulations. Because, you know, anyone listening now, it, anything is achievable. Yeah. If you can do it, you you know, anyone can do it. And you, you said that to me once. Everyone's like saying, oh, exercise, I hate it. <laughs> I absolutely... Oh, and that was one next question. What, what's your question? What's your question? <laughs> Again, was, was exercise um, a big part of you losing weight? A massive part of my losing weight. Okay. But I would say 80% of losing weight is in the kitchen. Yes. 80% of losing weight in the kitchen. Even if you feel... like I used to go for a walk around the block with a dog. I'd be knackered to start with, I'll be honest with you. But... At least you still walked around the block. Exactly. I was doing more than people that were sat on the sofa. Yes. Yeah, and I started building that up. And as I'm saying, I couldn't go out there uh, and start running for miles and miles and miles. Let's build it up. So, walk for 10 minutes. Mm walk for 20, walk for half an hour. Build it up. Build it up to like 5 10% incrementations moving forward, whether that's over the course of a week, a month, whatever it is, just set yourself a little goal to walk forward. Yeah. So there's a great app called Couch to 5K. I've never used it. Couch to 5K, yeah. But, it's massive, but, but that it? mentality they use is exactly the same mentality yeah. I used. I, I can't do that straight away. I'm going to start walking the dog. Yeah, because there's no point in setting yourself an unrealistic target straight away. Go, right, I'm going to go for a You will fail and, and, and you'll feel so... And what people do is celebrate the successes. So yeah. if I went out for that walk and like I walked a block, mm. all right, celebrate that success. I'm not saying celebrate with cake or anything like that. Probably a, a lettuce leaf or something. <laughs> but if I'd have gone out with a dog and said, right, I'm going to go out walking with a dog now for three miles, I may have walked five blocks, mm. but I've been gutted and done the miles. And I'd have dwelled on that rather than celebrating the success. Yeah. And that's really important. Yes. Uh, and, what I did as well is celebrated certain milestones with certain things that I could do. Mm. Like I remember oh, probably about two, two and a half, three years ago, mm. I celebrated a successful milestone and the first time really in my adult life, apart from when my children were born, that I cried, was in Tesco's. It's always where you least expect it, isn't it? Do you know why? No. It was the first time I ever bought a t-shirt off the rack. Really? 
all my adult it's, life. It's just a something simple. All my adult life, I had to buy Giacomo and Higher Mighty and stuff like that. And I bought a four quid t-shirt and I cried. Oh. Because I, I think never I'm had. Cry now. I'm gonna cry be wet. <laughs> so I've never but had. It, I never had is. that experience no. and things other people take for granted. Of course. Of buying a four quid. I don't know. New York crap design t-shirt from Tesco. You could do but it. But to me. Massive. Oh, a huge achievement. And then buy, buying jeans off the peg. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and my biggest, I don't mind sharing this with you, I was a 58 waist. Okay. 58 waist and a 68 chest. Right? Mm. So I've still got a long way to go, but I can buy clothes off the peg now. There's such. And then that, I'm like, okay, I'm in, I mean, treble XL at the time. Right, I want to get to double XL. I set myself another little milestone to work towards. So, brilliant. but I didn't do it. And all it's all baby steps, isn't it, into those things? And then when you've come, I mean, how many years has it been now since you've four and a half embarked upon this? And four to and lose half. seventeen and a half. Seventeen and a half, so yeah. And be able to buy the clothes off a rack in Tesco. Well, it's like, it's like is... your problem. If I said to you, Emily, oh, you've got this can of coke. We're on a beach. Kick that for a mile. You're like, that is impossible. Mm. You can kick it two thousand, three thousand, four thousand times. Just keep. Kick in the can. I love Keep that. Keep kicking the can. Because it works. And you'll get there. It, and if it you're does. on the right path, as long as you stick to the path, yeah, you might so deviate So did you feel off. that your mindset got stronger? Definitely. And stronger and stronger? I, I put majority of my success in successful weight loss down to mindset. Mm. And w- with regards to your career, yeah. obviously you was you know in a very corporate environment. Yeah, yeah. Did, you made that change as well, didn't you? I did. That was many moons ago now, Emily. Many moons ago. But um, around about the same time I got onto this, uh, a friend of mine had moved into personal development. Yeah. Uh, and he was always badgering me to come along to one of his events. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, nah, it's really not for me. I'm not into that woo-woo stuff, sit down, stroke a crystal. Hi, Get your my name's Chris and... <laughs> Hi, my name's Chris and I'm the fat lad. Right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and he was nagging me and nagging me and nagging me and we spoke about it and I thought, you know, it was all hocus pocus, crystals and jargon. And I agreed to go to one of his events and I thought, I'm going to go there and I'm going to rip him. I'm going to go down there. Oh, so you thought, I'm going to go and yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, i the bounce, right? Okay. All right, I went to that event with an open mind, but I thought, underlying, I'm going to get some great banter material yeah. in for the group chat. All right, but also deep down, I knew I was at a major crossroads in my life. Yeah. I knew something was going to, something was happening. The universe is You didn't know what, but didn't you just had what, that there feeling. There something going on. And sometimes that's all it can be, is just that feeling, so you go along and, to these things. And I was things. in the corporate world, and I, you know, old school, been programmed, you go to school, you get a job, you get a house, you get a pension, you Society. retire, you die, yeah. or birth school, metallica death. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I prefer anyway. Yeah, that's brilliant. All right. But, you know, financially, I was doing all right. I was in a corporate role, company car, pension. I was financially rich, but my life was poor. Mm. So it was what the was wrong way about? around. Yeah, it was the wrong way around. Wrong you you way don't around. want that. What's the point in having money in the bank if yeah, you know, you're unhappy? You, and... Exactly. You've you got money in the bank, but you've got a poor life, poor health to enjoy life that you actually envisioned for yourself. Mm. And something had to change. As I say, I was going to die. Simple as that, I knew it was going to do. So that event that I went to is in London, Thistle Hotel, remember it clear as day, mm. and it changed my whole outlook on everything. I'm absolutely... So was you surprised? I'm, I was. Was you like, actually, this is for me? It was for me. And my whole... And what was it that made you think, this is for me, what happened? There was lots of motivational speakers on there uh, mm. during the day. I can't remember who was speaking. I think uh, Yannick Robbins was one, who's Tony Robbins. He said, if people know who Tony Robbins is, he's some as a... Uh, Yannick Silver, sorry, and Yannick Robbins was one of them. And there was lots of other motivational speakers, and I can't remember which speaker it was, but they said something, and it just really, really resonated with me. Mm. And I was like, all right. I'm okay, listening. I'm going, I'm going. So I come back from that event, 10 years in corporate recruitment, two days after the event, handing my notice in. Wow. Gave it all up. I said to Sal, am I doing the right thing? And she's like, it doesn't matter. You're not happy with what you're doing. You're working long hours. It's just, it's just not you. I'd rather you be completely broke and be happy for us and the kids' sake. And I was like... She's a wonderful woman. She's awesome. She's my rock. She really is. And, and you know, she's, uh, you know, everything is catalyst to make them, Sally and my, my children, Athy and Kobe, a better life for them. So, you know, two days after that event, handed my notice in for the corporate and started my own personal development journey. So I become a business consultant for entrepreneurs, coaches, public speakers, trainers, that type of thing. Did you feel that this was your 
forte, public Definitely. speaking, motivational, Definitely. helping other people. Business, you know, what I do with day to day is I help people build businesses. Yeah. That's what I do. All about cash flow, You're marketing, You're so passionate social. about it I as love well. It. And it's just seeing their dreams become true as well, mm. because mine are coming true. So it's not just a job for you either, is it now? It's, I, don't, it's, I don't have a job. No. Yeah, I, I love that. I don't have a job. If you want a job, go to McDonald's. Go and get yourself five stars if you want a job. Because mm. with a job, you're always clock watching. Yeah. I haven't got a job. I've got... I'm not saying a calling. Signing into that weary stuff, it's not a calling. I just like seeing people have little bits of... Little bits of what I've got. Mm. A little bit of their dream coming true. A bit Whatever of happiness, that bit of success. Is. Enjoying what you do. Passionate drive, motivation, mindset. You've only got one, one go round on this merry-go-round. So oh, why you not? so have. You know, so um, why not? Yeah. So, you know, so... And plus, on this weight loss journey, it was all just coming to a head at the same time. So as of today, I own my own company. Brilliant. I've worked with some industry legends, may or may not even know these people, like Gary Vaynerchuk, Ryan Dice, Frank Kern. And it's all about- I remember Frank Kern. Yeah, yeah. Just and making- we've just got to say, so me, me and Bish worked together and we had this big event in London where speakers would come in and... I- I organised for Frank Kern. I hadn't heard of Frank Kern. I didn't have a scooby <laughs> who he was. And everyone was like, oh my God, we've got Frank Kern, we've got Frank Kern. I was like, was he from California? Yeah, yeah, never been to the UK before. Uh, yeah, never been to the UK before. He's big on sort of motivational speaking in marketing. Yeah, big digital marketer, yeah. And I remember the day when... It was great, wasn't it? The morning of the registration, when we opened the doors, anyone would have thought it was Madonna. Yeah, it was like, like a rock concert, wasn't it? It but was, really? people were running to their seats. It was awesome. I was like, okay, who is this Frank Kerr? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know awesome. now, right? you know who he is now, right? You know who he is now. Yeah, I do. And so, he was amazing, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, so you know, I run my own, my own business, but I've also got two other business on the go, which is the APCTC and Expert Success as well, which is all about helping people build businesses, whether they're currently doing you know six, seven figures, or if they're just starting up, and have a dream it's all about just making doing it in the correct way because there's so many people out there that are just looking to capitalize on people's dreams mm. and, and you know me long enough now and i'm do. literally straight down the line so you know it's just really great yeah. just to see that start developing for people it's brilliant and i think that's why you're so successful at it like i said earlier what you see with you is what you get exactly and you're passionate and you, if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And you just don't do it because it's a job. You do it because of the love of it. And because you genuinely want to see. And you know why? From back to what I said at the start of the conversation, I know my why. Mm. I know what I want. I know what I need to do to achieve that. Yeah. You know, it's just all about focusing on the one thing you can do today mm. that's aligned with your life goal. Go and do that. Yeah. It may not be what everyone thinks it should be. But if you know it's part of the bigger plan, then that's what you need to go and do. Like, you know, so since losing the weight, yeah. I had to keep myself motivated. Um, yeah. So about two and a half years ago, my auntie got diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. She beat it, then it came back. Oh. Right? So I absolutely hate exercise. Mm. I hate exercise in front of people. So me being me, I entered a 10K running race. First time oh, ever. Oh, right? brilliant. So I trained for that and I raised a lot of money for a charity and stuff. Uh, and I did that last summer. Uh, I think I, I think you I did. Did you sponsor yeah, me? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, yeah, saw it, I saw it. I saw it on yeah. Facebook. So I'm came, all for that. But I, I lined up there. I tell you what, I am. They're all there in the bloody leggings, <laughs> warming up. I'm literally just there having a latte before the run. Do you I know can what I mean? just imagine. Yeah, all, they've got like a free Zumba session on. Everyone's warming up. I'm just like leaning on the barrier. So come on, crack on with it. So you don't need training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trained, trained hard for it. Okay. Trained really, really hard for it. And um, I set off and I finished 193rd. Out of 336. Do you know what? So I was pretty sure for myself, Again, it's right? like, you haven't put that added pressure on you of thinking, oh, oh I did. you know, I wanted... I did, oh, really, you really, did? Really, really, no, 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 I didn't until I got around there and there was this old boy, he must have been in his 80s, and then we kept passing each other and I was like, I can't lose to an old boy. I can't lose to an old <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, so you've got a target then. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, right, okay. Yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm going to leg him up, I'm going to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> it's going one of two ways. Hey, I'm competitive. You got to be right. Yeah, I am. I'm totally. But it was just when I turned the last corner of the course, and you, you know, you're, you're what, seven and a half k in, and you look up, and the last two and a half k is uphill, and my heart just sank. I was like, oh. How no. am I gonna? How am I? And gonna then this little silver fox comes past. Like, right, I'm after him. <laughs> and again, I think, and that's what I was just about to say. You know, everyone's warming up, and they're probably thinking, I'm feeling nervous, whereas you're just sort of, you know, taking it all in your stride. But you take it seriously when you need to. I got to. And I think mindset over anything 
is what's going to get you through. I think, uh, you know, back, looking back to my younger years, I was such an intense personality. Mm. I was angry, intense. And now these days I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I, I love life, so just you know, not taking it for granted. But I've sort of learned I can flick the switch. So in a business environment or a competitive environment playing rugby, cross the white line, bang, I'm in that zone. I'm like that. And it comes horrible. to martial arts. It's horrible for other people to see. But it's not horrible, but it's just the determination, well, no, right? it is. It's determination. It's not, you know... But if people I don't know... Okay. People have only seen, like, the relaxed side of me. Yeah. They're like, whoa, hang on a minute. <laughs> oh, no, I can see that side yeah, of you, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's good. But it's good it, to it, be control and embrace it. Yeah. You know, that's where you're going to win. That's how you're going to win, if you can actually be in control of your own destiny. Because at the end of the day, you know, looking back on it, yes, I was angry, but... It was only me making me angry. No one walked past and injected me with angry. No one injected me with self-confidence issues. It's, it's all, all your inside. Yeah. In, all your inner dialogue, talking to yourself, right? It's true. And once you can get a handle, and there are simple techniques. There's many wonderful people out there teaching techniques. And as I say, I'm not really into all that. It's got to work for you. Mm. We're all unique. You know, don't be unique just like everyone else. This is it. I right. like that. Be unique for you. Be unique for you, definitely. All right, so if you can sort of get into what, what, what are your drivers? Like for me, it was that little old bloke at that precise moment in time. But then the realisation come through is, so what if this old bloke's beating me? I'm doing this race, money for my auntie suffering battling cancer. Mm. And, then, and, that's and then Christmas just alone gone. Alone is brilliant. Christmas just gone. Uh, had the best present ever where she rang the bell and beat it again. So now she's at wow, absolutely so cancer-free. Yeah, wow. beat it twice. What's your aunt's name? Auntie Maureen. Congratulations, Auntie Maureen. There we go. So you know, that, that was a massive, massive driver for me. Uh, and we celebrated because she loves Andre Rue, the classical the classical musician. Yes. Not really my cup of tea. It's not my, but you can appreciate it, can't But what you? I did is I bought, bought a, you know, front seats for the NEC concert oh, last year and took her down there. And, how amazing. And, uh, and, and I bet she will never forget that. And she won't because halfway through his set, he does the waltz where people go up and dance. And because we're on the ground seats, I could see the glint in her eye. And me being me, I was like, right, come on. Peter up and dance. And then she went all embarrassed because as she looked up, we were on the big screen at the NEC. Oh. We were being filmed dancing. <laughs> She's got really moments. embarrassed, right? And she's what, 73, 74 now? Mm. I was like, come on, I can see the glint in her eyes. She's like, you've earned this, you've earned this kid. Come yeah, on. You have definitely earned it. You know, it's not my cup of tea. And you know what? We I took her to, uh, what's it called? Eddie's Burger restaurant. She said, I've never been in an American diner. Get a double cheeseburger down your bab. Come on. Sort <laughs> yeah, it out, right? Let's enjoy <laughs> it, definitely. You know, so it's all about so, yes. little motivations in life. It is. And, and following on from that, you said to me before, if I can do it, anyone can. Yeah. Um, because I was the jack of the lad. I was going into trouble, I was drinking, I was eating all the rubbish in the world, I was partying, I didn't believe this is how I was, this is how you know, I accepted it in life, uh, and this is how I had to be. And then you suddenly think, actually, as I said before, I'm not into woo-woo stuff, and you don't have to be. To just be in your for the own record, yeah. I do like crystals. That's fine. Because I know you're not, no, no. but I do because, like them. No, no. <laughs> it's a standing joke with my family. They're like, Is Emily. that crystal vodka, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you're not getting the crystals out, are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting them out. Does it work for you? I think it's probably, I don't, I don't know. No, no that's my question. I'm interviewing you for now. For me, yeah. I'm interviewing Nick. Well then, who cares? It works for you. I wanted to do a crystal healing course and Mark was like, my husband, he was like, oh, come on here. Why and not? like when when I've like been poorly or my daughter has been, the crystals have come out. It's gone. What are you doing? I've gone. I'm getting the crystals out. And I just feel that they add some, probably not so much a healing thing, but a, a calmness. Because it works for you. It some does. Take, some people take a bath. Some people go for a run. It does. Some people, I don't know, smoke drugs, do drugs, <laughs> go to the pub. Whatever. Every, works. Everyone's got what, what works yeah. for you to have that downtime. Exactly. And you've got to look after yourself is, and what you really need to do. And, true. You know, what I actually meant in my life was time blocking. Mm. So I actually have an hour in the morning. That's just for me. Whether that's reading a book, watching me train, but no one interrupts me. It's just my time. And I think that's so important because we lead such busy lives like me. You know, um, I used to be like, oh yeah, and I never want to. I never want to be on my own. I like being around people constantly. Whereas now, why? I think it was a bit of an insecurity from when I was younger. Exactly. And because I'm such a talker, and people know I me as noticed. that. No, <laughs> um, I talk for a living, and I always will. Um, I try to sort of, you know, veer off, yeah. like becoming a PA, for example. 
yeah, it was good. It was a good experience. But talking is what I do. Yeah. Hence the podcast and other reasons why. But um, that's another reason why I got into martial arts yeah. was to channel a lot of probably insecurities. And did it work for you? Massively. There you go. So if you listen to this podcast, yes, you've got all these diets. You've got all these exercise plans. Everyone get the bikini body in six days. Can they both? Do you want the bikini body in six days? Yes, you probably do. But that's a short-term fix. You need to look at the long-term benefits. And the bigger picture. And what motivates you? And you know what? You could be dead tomorrow. So eat the bloody cake if someone offers you a cake. Mm. Don't worry about it. What you need to do is just think, right, make actual lifestyle changes yeah. rather than just trying to get the quick wins. I completely agree with that. Eat the it cake. means just going tomorrow. out for cake. that walk for 10 minutes and then adding on a five minutes the, the following night. And that's what I did with martial arts. Exactly. You I giggled the whole way through the first <laughs> lesson. Could hardly do a sit-up. Yeah. And I was fit. Sport was my thing at school. You thought you were fit. I thought I was fit. You thought you were fit. Yeah, I was at school. I was super fit. Yeah. Sports was my thing. I was never academic. Love sports. I was the person that got picked. Yeah, when yeah. it come to the academic side of things, I wasn't confident there at yeah. all. Um, and then had ages out of it, was rebellious, got into martial arts, and that's what I started doing. And my instructor said to me, I never thought you'd, you'd see the journey through. Yeah. And it's actually become part of my life. Yeah, and yeah. I love Bruce Lee anyway, I always have. But again, with boxing and channeling that anger that you've got or whatever it is or whatever issue, you don't want to get too cocky either. No. And it's very much like what Bruce Lee says about when you're having a fight, don't get angry and frustrated, see it as a play, yeah. but a small play, but played seriously. And I really started to adapt to that way of thinking and, you know, not being so rah, you know, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. being a bit more quiet and listening a bit more. And, and I think that's it, isn't it? You know, setting yourself realistic targets. And I think what happens then is when you start doing that, you start achieving that, you become more comfortable in yourself. Massively. And when you become more comfortable in yourself, more opportunities just tend to fall at your feet. You know, so then you start thinking, actually, stuff you never even dream of doing. Like, I actually run my own radio show, as you know. Yes. I never planned to run my own radio show. I, I got, never planned to do this. I got presented with an opportunity. I was like, yeah, you know what, yeah, let's do it. What's the worst that can happen? I get no ratings and they say don't come back. Oh, well, that's their loss. You've tried it. You've done it. You've done you it. Know. And you've done it for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've done it just to get away from the kids. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's just another outlet. And it's led to all the opportunities, like going backstage at festivals and interviewing celebrities and stuff like that. Amazing. But just because, I don't know if I'd have said no, you know what would happen. Say yes, work it out. Yeah, that's it. It's about just taking that. And if it doesn't work out, where are you? Taking that opportunity. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Exactly, What's the worst that can happen? You go back to where you were before you said yes. Yeah. So you lose nothing really, exactly. do you? Um, so let's end on a high. Tell us of your family and the happiness that's in your life now and what is next for you. Ooh, what's next for me? Yeah, so happiness in my life. I've got my, my daughter who's two years old. My boy is nine. Um, I'm also coaching the kids rugby team. We've now gone three seasons unbeaten. Now vice chairman of the rugby club as well. Fantastic. Run, run my own radio show, run three businesses. So what's next for me is, well, just keep waking up with a smile on my face, to be honest. As long as I can do that, the rest of it's all material. I think at the end of the day, I am going to go and live off grid. I'm going to buy some land in the middle of Wales, build a cabin and become a hermit. Because I love talking to people, but I also do my editing. Yeah. If I'm honest, I'm just going to go away and just live off the land. Even though so I can't is that, garden. Is that, is that what? I can't garden. I oh, know. I love gardening. And I can teach you how to garden. So we've got an allotment. And, and Sally does most of the work. I just, I I, I just mow grass and carry stuff. To be honest. But, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you've got that future plan, as long as the kids are healthy and happy, that yeah. sort me out. That's my purpose now, is to, to pass on my experiences. Uh, well, positivity and happiness breeds positivity exactly. and happiness, doesn't it? Exactly. And if you can bring yeah. your kids up with that mindset that you've got now, Chris, they're exactly. going to go far. And exactly. happiness is key. It's not all about the material things, is it? And you know what? What's next for me? I don't know, and I don't really care. You're on a journey. Who cares? And you're what, enjoying what, the journey. What, whatever's next for me is whatever I'll get dealt with, and I'll, I'll deal with that. Uh, on the way, you know, and I know you've asked me for a quote. Listen, yeah, right? well, before the quote, yeah, yeah, go on then. I, I know because I've added this in today. Oh, I've yeah, I, yeah. I got me on my toes here. So, two things what has been the biggest thing that you are most proud of? 
Ooh, good question. What in life or for the journey, this is the weight loss journey? So looking back on your life and your journey so far, what's the biggest thing that you are most proud of? Biggest thing I'm most proud of. You've caught me on the hop here, aren't you? I have. I think the biggest thing I'm most proud of, apart from the birth of my children, yes. apart from that, because that's the obvious one, it's going to be that race I did. Because if you just said to me, 17 and a half stone ago, you're going to run with like proper running clubs, dressed in bloody lycra and vests and sweatbands. It's like, an, it's like I was on the scene like a flash dance, isn't it, right? <laughs> Uh, it's it's like, I kick up the 80s, up Birmingham, <laughs> that's what I thought it was. If you said to me, Betty Lycra. when I couldn't even run a bath without you know, blasting my nail off my asthma, mm. they're actually going to go and do that. And not only do that, yeah, I finished 193rd out of 336. I weren't even last. I weren't even last. And I think that's one of my biggest achievements, yeah. apart from my, my fiance, my family and my kids. Yeah. Obviously, that's, that's the obvious answer. Of course answer. it is, it is. With but mine. from a personal point of view. Yeah. I'm glad you've answered it that actually, way as well. Actually, I think also as well, my other biggest achievement is being happy with myself. Such a big thing. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and think, you know what, I'm happy with you. Yeah. You're doing all right. Oh, I'm still not. I'm still on my weight loss journey. Still now, and I probably yeah. always will and be. And that's got to be a massive from, achievement. From my life. The amount but that you weight it that is. you've lost. But, you know, people look back, oh, I did this and this and I regret doing this. I don't regret a single no. thing. I had a bloody blast getting that size. Because it gets you to where you are today. I, was, I, got, I had a bloody blast. I had a whale of a time yeah, getting that size. You know, and we yeah, make I, mistakes I, along the way. We're exactly. only human, but you learn from them, don't you? I no, certainly have in life. I've never made a mistake in my life. I've had plenty of learnings. Yeah, life <laughs> learnings. I've never made a mistake. Yes, we'll rephrase it to life lessons. <laughs> definitely <laughs> learnings. Phrase. Definitely learnings. And why we're on that, my next one is, what life lesson has stood out the most to you? What life lesson stood out the most to you? Don't take anything for granted. I know it's a cliche. But it's true. But it's so, so true. Mm. Like, you know, from... Like, for instance, I had the corporate career, I had the money in the bank, I had wild lifestyle pretty much you know as a party boy and be able to chat the lads i took all that for granted and it can be gone like that you can in the blink of an eye you can have a heart attack at the wheel hit by a bus you go to sleep tonight you don't wake up so and it happens the life lesson is is just be be thankful and i know this is called the don't look down podcast right but you should look down because if you can look down you're not at the bottom are you i love that he said right? this to me early and i was like you're good you know you're not at the bottom you know and even if you are at the bottom Anyway, it's up, right? It's true, and that's the whole reason I called it Don't Look Down, because when you have got the weight of the world on your shoulders, you don't look up. But who's putting the weight on the shoulders? Yourself. You are. Yeah. All you need to do is find an outlet. Of course you do. Where you can channel that of energy. Of course you do. And you and miss you know all what? the magic of the voice, don't you? Exactly. And I'm going to go straight into the quote. On go the, for right, it. Okay. I haven't even got to ask you. That's no, what no. I love. So what you're saying is, you know, all this weight of the world. But remember, a calm sea never made for a skillful sailor. And it'll always be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. Oh, it's the best one. It's the best one. What can I say? <laughs> I, honestly, it is. But being... it's true. If you've got calm seas, you're never going to be a skillful sailor, are you? No, you're not. You've got to take the rough with the smooth. You've got to go through the storms to appreciate the calm. Exactly. And I say it'll always be all right in the end. It will. Everything does because you know you get you do. I'm the same. I'm like. <gasps> You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And you, what's the point in worrying about things that you haven't, hasn't happened yet? It's an emotional reaction. If you can handle your emotions, you're absolutely fine. Mm. Because if something happens in your life, that's what's happening for that period of time. Mm. It's not going to be forever. No, and there you're always learning and you're always, always evolving. Learning. Exactly. But, you know, something terrible could happen. Something could be bad in your personal life. It could be bad at work. But that's that, that moment in time. It's not going to be like that in 12 months, 24 months, 5 years time. Mm. Life moves on. It does and it's down to you to change it. And Exactly. You're in control of your own destiny. Uh, you know, just, I have to say, just crack on. Find yeah. out what your why is. Find out Definitely how you can channel your emotion. Uh, and you know, if I, you take up knitting. So what if people laughing at you? Who cares as long as you've got that emotional outlet? Well, I don't knit. I'm not trusted with needles. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a I'm, I'm a danger to myself with anything sharp. I can butter toast. That's about it. I won't ever give you my broadsword then. We already have. I know. We already have. More fool you. Demo. More fool me, definitely. But um, it has been an absolute pleasure. I don't think we've Thank seen you, each Dan. other in probably over two years. Maybe Let's a little bit longer. Long, but eh? I, I, we, will we speak 
and yeah. that's life, isn't it? You know, but I'm I'm so grateful that you've come on well, and for you, everything that you you've shared. Inch, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to see you yeah. again and have Anytime, you on. mate. Anytime. Thank you so much. No problem. And I wish you all the best with your journey. And I wish you all the best with this podcast and uh, everything else that comes your way because you know what you deserve. Thank you.